Before we get started with the episode, here's a quick message from your friends at the Ishan S. Show. Hi, everybody. My name is Ishan, and I run the Ishan S. Show, and we have a great episode planned for you today. But before we get on to that, I have to ask a quick favor of you. As you know, the Ishan S. Show is in its first few episodes, and we're just trying to get off that runway right now. And we need your help in getting word out about this show to as many people as we possibly can. So if you get the time, go on Instagram and look up the Ishan S. Show and drop us a quick follow. If you don't have an Instagram, then go tell all your friends and family about this show if you know they're going to like it. Your help has been great so far, and please continue to help us out like this. And the great episode that we have planned for you today starts right now. Welcome back to the Ishan S. Show. Today, we're going to be talking about the bipartisan infrastructure package that's going to be delivered to President Biden and talk about all the details in it and how it impacts you. And we're also going to be talking about the shocking report by the New York Times about the Trump Department of Justice and how they subpoenaed Apple for data and information about House Intelligence Committee Democrat members. We're going to be taking a look at those stories and more today, June 11th, 2021. From Anchor by Spotify, this is the Ishan S. Show with me, your host, Ishan. And welcome back to episode three of the Ishan S. Show. It's great to have you back, and I'm very excited for today's episode. You might be wondering why I might be excited. Well, I have no particular reason to be excited other than that uh, it's the Ishan S. Show, and we should always be excited for the show, and it's Friday. Uh, Great news. Um, Stick with that when you're listening to it. Make you feel better. Anyway, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the infrastructure package and the Trump DOJ case. Let's get started. I put a little exclamation point in my title when I wrote infrastructure because infrastructure in American politics is a very exciting thing. You might be thinking that, Ishan, you're the most boring person ever, but um, for politics... It's very exciting. I look back to that first episode when I said that politics affects everything and infrastructure is by far probably the biggest thing that politics has an impact on. And the negotiations for the infrastructure package are a great example to point at at just how impactful politics can be on our day-to-day lives, including with things like infrastructure, how politics and negotiations have played such a big role. So generally in Washington, we like to think of a thing called Infrastructure Week. It's a week in every administration when congressional leaders and members of Congress work with the White House to try to get through an infrastructure plan so that they can deliver to the American people what they promised. And great roads, good buildings, whatever. Every administration hopes and dreams to have something like it. They usually get something not near the standards through which they promised. And uh, generally, in the end, most people end up feeling not sad, but, you know, kind of dissatisfied. But here this year, I think that type of infrastructure package might have been a little more disappointing for the Biden administration. 
this is because of the strong opposition to the trillions of dollars in spending that is being offered, or that was offered. It's changed a little right now. But um, when Biden first introduced his infrastructure package, I think it was at his uh, a joint address to Congress, his first uh, term, first year State of the Union address. That's what I like to call it because it wasn't technically one, but whatever, we're gonna just going to call it that. So in his first State of the Union address, Biden offered his infrastructure package, with had, which had all kinds of things in it. I believe it had things like child care and replacing um, uh, technology and creating, um, getting investments in green stuff um, and like, I don't know, environmental friendly things, uh, thing, stuff like that. And uh, generally not the things um, that comes to, that come to mind when you think of infrastructure. And that's what Republicans said. And, you know, it, and because everything is super divided in Washington, we have a 50-50 Senate. Um, and, it, you know, it, because it's a 50-50 Senate, you have to negotiate with Republicans on this. They have a lot more leverage than they normally would if it was like a 47, 40 or 53 majority or something for Democrats. It's a 50-50 tie with VP Harris um, breaking that tie. But that's it. You don't really have a lot. And in that 50 Democrat caucus, two of them are not necessarily our senators Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema are not generally the biggest fans of big spending from the Democrats part. Now you might be honest asking me why I'm just looking at the US Senate and why not the House of Representatives and I'm just going to answer that question right now. The House of Representatives is pretty much a guaranteed pass through because of that Democratic majority. Now, I was talking about a few episodes ago how the Democrat majority is very slim, uh, few only a few seats. But even despite that, we are going to probably see enough Democrat support to get the bill passed. Um, the real challenge for Biden is the Senate, where you have that 50-50 tie and the two Democrats that you know, not necessarily going to work with the um, the rest of their caucus. Anyway, what I was saying was Biden initially introduced a $2.2 trillion plan. It was either that or $1.9 trillion. I can't remember the number, but it was like $2 trillion type of numbers. Um, Republicans were like, we're shocked with this number. We're going to give you $700 billion. Biden said, that's a bit of an insult. I'm going to come down to $1.7 trillion. And then Republicans then sent uh, a counter-counter proposal uh, for $900 billion. After that, they sent their senator, uh, a representative for them, Senator Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia. They sent her to um, work with Biden on an infrastructure package. If you were following the Sean Ashton Instagram, you may have heard or you may have heard from other news outlets otherwise uh, that talks on the infrastructure package with Senator Capito did fail um, on Tuesday. Biden informed the senator, um, I think, either Monday night or Tuesday night that um, we are that that Biden would no longer be working with the GOP on this infrastructure package due to various disagreements um, and I think those disagreements were mainly on what to define as infrastructure. Now, there was a 
meeting with between Biden and leaders on um, on Capitol Hill. So that would be Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They all met with Biden uh, about infrastructure. It was a 90 minute private meeting. And in that it was announced or Kevin McCarthy told reporters that there was one major disagreement in all of their talks. They had productive talks and everything, but there was one disagreement, and that disagreement was uh, how to define infrastructure. And I, w- I wasn't sure if that was a minor disagreement, but um, f- whatever. Um, they, they said that they weren't sure how to define infrastructure. For Biden, infrastructure included all the things that I mentioned earlier, and for McCarthy... And most Republicans and a few, you know, a few moderates and all infrastructure is like what comes to mind uh, when you think of the word infrastructure, roads, bridges, pipes, sewers, buildings, etc. So that's where uh, there was a bit of disagreement. And I think that's probably where Biden had a disagreement with Senator Capito and the Republicans in the Senate. So after Biden announced that he would no longer be working with the GOP on this matter, he then turned his eyes over to a group of bipartisan senators um, in the Senate. Uh, He turned his eye to them uh, for a deal. Now, this morning, they announced that, or not yet this morning, yesterday, they announced uh, that they had reached a deal on a $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. That's a pretty big jump. Uh, for Republicans, and it's not necessarily the biggest decrease for Democrats. Uh, I don't think any Democrat, including Biden, was going in with an expectation that they were going to get a $2 trillion deal. I think they purposely set it pretty high so that they could have a little more negotiating power so that they could get rid of, you know, a few more minuscule things and get what they re- what they really need. And I think Republicans... You know, they also want a few things, but they wanted to start off low so that they could work their way up to find what Democrats really want Um, within this group of 10 senators, five Republicans and five Democrats in a in a um, in a joint statement. They all said our group, quote, our group comprised of 10 senators, five from each party has worked in faith, good faith, and reached a bipartisan agreement on a realistic compromise framework to modernize our nation's infrastructure and energy technologies. This investment would be fully paid for and not include tax increases. That's what they wrote in their joint statement. Um, it's, um, it was announced that uh, the White House announced that uh, members of Joe Biden's cabinet uh, would work with the bipartisan Senate group behind the proposal. Uh, however, he did caution, the spokesman did caution that, quote, questions need to be addressed, particularly around the details of both policy and pay-fors, among the other matters. So there is a bit of a disagreement. It's already been announced, not announced, but it's been reported that Biden does have a few um, things he has his eye on about what he wants to veto or get out of the bill or things that he does not agree with. So here's a breakdown of what exactly is in that bill. There is no, they did not publicly reveal anything. Now this is CNN, um, they're reporting. Uh, It said that it'd be $1.2 trillion that would be spent over eight years. $974 billion would be spent within the first five 
in the plan, $579 billion would be used for new spending. And the spending would be focused on core physical infrastructure. What that means is they will be focusing on like literal infrastructure, like the structure part of it. We're going to be rebuilding our roads and our bridges and buildings, you know, the spiel. Uh, the plan would not be paid for with um, the plan would be paid for it, excuse me, without any tax hikes, meaning no taxes are going to be raised on you to pay for this plan. Um, but so far, because the deal is not is not exactly public yet, the specifics will not we don't really know a lot about the specifics yet. Um, this deal is it's a. Uh, I'll be honest, it's a pretty good job on the bipartisan group of senators. Uh, these, uh, these, this group of people really like to work with one another. That's one thing that I've made an observation of. They love working with one another. So this bipartisan group has done a pretty good job in getting a pretty good compromise deal. Yet, I still feel like there are going to be challenges about uh, to getting an actual $1.2 trillion plan passed. I know there are probably going to be Republicans that are going to be like, we don't want to spend this much. And I know there's going to be Biden and Democrats that are going to go like, this ain't enough. I know many progressives, even with the $2.2 trillion plan initially introduced, were very disappointed with that, thinking, saying that that's not enough. Uh, we want to spend even more than the $2 trillion. Mind you that that $2.2 trillion price tag was pretty big in its own right. So I know progressives might be very disappointed with $1.2 trillion, and I know Biden will probably want to work that number up a little, maybe, if not a lot, at least a little, but there's going to be disagreement on the pricing of it. Um, it is a pretty big step, but CNN does write that there is a, they have a long way to go. Uh, liberal Democrats in particular spent recent days uh, encouraging their centrist colleagues to move away from trying to win Republican support and instead to push for a partisan plan that can pass through reconciliation. That's what CNN wrote. And that's a fact, or that's a true thing. Many liberals in the Senate are trying to get their centrist buddies to stop working with the Republicans and just go for a partisan plan. I don't think that's... I don't mean to interject with my opinion against any liberal Democrats or anything, but it is my feeling that an infrastructure package, especially in modern America, uh, this big, should not be a deal that's purely partisan. It needs to be worked out with other Republican members. So the urging of uh, you know, our progressive Democrats in the Senate is not exactly a good idea. Of course, I'm not a senator, and I don't work in Capitol Hill, so I can't say anything other than my... I can't give anything other than my opinion on this matter. I just think this should be more of a bipartisan, you know, a bipartisan job because there are infrastructure packages that really affect small states when you're thinking of it at a state level, or there's big infrastructure packages like the national one that affects every American. And in that... All Americans' voices, I think, might want to be heard, just not purely for representation matters or whatever. From a purely logistical standpoint, I don't think building bridges in a state where there is no need for bridges at that, at that like, a lot of bridges or in specific regions, building, like, long 
80 billion dollar bridges it's not 80 billion dollars but i'm just you know thinking of a big number for fun you know like a really expensive bridge should not be spent in a place where expensive bridges are not needed right or we shouldn't have like drought protection in the places where they have flooding issues right i think there should be a common sense agreement on by bipart- and common sense negotiations on infrastructure where everybody gets to um you know where everybody gets to hear things now another challenge um and this is more of a challenge for everybody that wants this infrastructure package everybody wants one but you also have to have a plan that appeals to a lot of people now another challenge in this plan is that reconciliation that many uh you know, progressives are asking for requires 50 senators to advance the plan. But most legislation in the Senate, that requires 60 votes. That's a filibuster-proof majority. That's three-fifths of the Senate. So that's what most bills require. And that's right now the challenge for um, for anybody that wants this package. I don't think many Democrats really want um, reconciliation. I know at least two Democrats don't want reconciliation. And in a 50-50 Democratic caucus, uh, or not 50-50 Democratic caucus, a 50-member Democratic caucus where reconciliation requires 50 votes, if even one senator is not in favor of this, that screws up your entire plan. And that's not how, or that's not what people want in the Democratic Party, especially at the end of the spectrum on the far left. So, um... What I think is going to be the more likely outcome is that it's going to be a 60-vote filibuster, uh, filibuster-proof majority that's going to vote. And um, right now the challenge is we have five de- re- Democrats and five Republicans working on this. So let's pretend that every Democrat falls in love with this plan and says, OK, we'll do this. And the five Republicans are there, too. you got 55 members in the Senate that are going to approve this perfect isn't that above a majority let's do it however if you want to pass that filibuster where you where the minority party can block things from getting passed you need 60 votes so that you can vote to end what filibuster when it happens so they'll need five more members to get on board with the plan and that's um you know a bit of an issue i don't know how challenging it's gonna be um is it going to be super challenging to get that five or those five Republicans? Probably not. But I think where the base might fall over is if the liberal Democrats, like our progressive senators, end up rejecting this plan and saying we're not interested in this. That's not a lot of Democrats. But if they if like even two reject it, then you need to find two more Republicans. If you lose 10 Democrats, you need to find 10 Republicans to balance things out. So it's going to be a bit of some work trying to get the negotiations out there and try to get what everybody wants to satisfy 60 senators. I think right now the mindset for this group of bipartisan senators is like, I don't care who joins, let's just get 60. That's that's literally the plan. Um, the White House has had a pretty positive reaction to it. We already talked about how they feel about it and um, that there's going to be work on it. So anyway, uh, we're going to just close off this segment. Um, it's going up at, what, 17 minutes. We're going to close off this segment now. 
um, just by saying that the infrastructure package that's been introduced now, I think, opens a new chapter in Infrastructure Week. So let's just say Infrastructure Week Part 2. And um, let's see where it goes from here. I think there's going to be a bit more White House negotiation going on to get that price tag a little higher. And there's going to be a challenge in getting 60 senators on board with this plan. Let's see where it goes. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back from the break. As I said, we are now going to be talking about an interesting story that surfaced last night um, based on New York Times reporting about the Trump Department of Justice. So basically what happened was, according to this report, which hasn't been confirmed, um, according to this report, the Justice Department and under Trump subpoenaed Apple for data from the accounts of House Intelligence Committee Democrats. This included representatives like the chairman, Adam Schiff, and Eric Swalwell along with their staff and family members. This was all um, a part of a leak investigation um, about uh, in relation to the Rusta, Russia investigation. Uh, if you remember during the Trump administration, special counsel Robert Mueller was investigating the Trump administration for any Russian collusion, not the Trump administration, but the Trump campaign for in 2016. He was investigating the campaign to see if there was any collusion between the country of Russia and the Trump campaign that may have influenced Trump's victory. And there was a lot of pushback from Republicans and Donald Trump, especially against this investigation. But Throughout the course of this, Donald Trump was um, always very annoyed by this. I'll say annoyed. Um, He was very annoyed by this investigation uh, as it was happening. And there was another aspect of it, which were leaks that were beginning to happen um, of information about this being leaked, about special meetings or not that we can say anything about I can say anything about those meetings, but like there were there may have been meetings or there may have been some sort of intel um, intel about this or a special development you know anything that may have come up that was being leaked and president trump who wasn't particularly a big fan of this information being leaked this way i guess um was responding as such and there was a leak hunt and this began with the fbi sending a subpoena to apple in february of 2018 This included a gag order, which was seeking metadata of more than 100 accounts as part of an investigation uh, into the disclosure of classified information. This is what somebody familiar with the matter said. The gag order was renewed three times before it expired this year, and Apple then notified the customers whose information was seized and was being investigated. Among these people, Representative Eric Swalwell confirmed to CNN Thursday evening that he too was um, all notified that his data had been seized as part of this probe. Um, the House um, Intel Committee determined that along with members of the panel and its staff, the investigation also collected the records of family members. And of these family members, at least one of them was a child, a minor, that was also investigated in this. Uh and they and, and some of the records that were seized from staff members may have also included people who had nothing to do with issues that related to Russia or had anything to do with Russia or former FBI director James Comey. The, um, and this also included Chairman Schiff's personal staff, personal office staff. 
This is what a member of the House Intel Committee told CNN. That's what they told him. And um, Swalwell confirmed that CNN, to CNN that records of family members and a minor had been obtained. So this is confirmed. He wrote, he said, quote, I do know that to be true, he told Lemon, and quote, I believe they were targeted punitively, not for any reason in law, but because Donald Trump identified Chairman Schiff and members of the committee as an enemy of his. And I can't speak to the accuracy of whatever Representative Swalwell said, but I can say that what he said was not necessarily wrong or can't be proven to be wrong or incorrect yet. I, um, there was um, uh, a New York Times reporter who was also involved in the reporting of this who was on Rachel Maddow's show last night. He was telling her that Donald Trump did not like um, many members of the House Intel Committee or members uh, Democrat members of the House Intel Committee or Democrats in the House in general, but many members of the House Intel Committee that were Democrat. And he said that he wasn't that surprised with an order that was given that may have been given by Donald Trump to do this. Donald Trump was had a big influence over his Department of Justice, not something you regularly see in most administrations. The Justice Department is generally far, a little more independent to what the president says or does. But under the Trump administration, uh, that was something that was altered a little. So even in this scenario, President Trump had a lot of influence over um, over what was going on. And while this is not this has been confirmed that information was, you know, taken away, um, it's not confirmed who was looking into it, who was doing what was being done with it, you know, all that stuff. Um, And it's not the wildest thing to think of because president trump did not like these people and he would have had any he he would have not i mean if given the option i don't know if he would have said don't do this because this is not right like no one says that it's right or wrong but it's just not normal to do so investigating these members um, of the committee i don't know how out of reach this is it's it's a possibility um, but anyway, there's not a lot of news on this. Um, it's just not, it's not as wide or it's not as re- reported. It's not been reported that well yet, but this is, this comes as several reports about the justice department under the Trump administration investigating journalists comes, uh, and surface as after he left office Many of these types of stories have begun to surface, including the Justice Department secretly obtaining records from journalists. Um, I remember, I can't, I remember there was at least one CNN reporter who I remember whose information and records were seized that way, secretly. But um, reporters from the Washington Post were too, and other news organizations. And, um, you know, it, um, and the, it didn't happen under Bill Barr. It happened under then Attorney General Jeff Sessions. Then William Barr moved a prosecutor from New Jersey to the main Justice Department to work on the Schiff-related case and others when he became Attorney General um, the, the year after. So anyway, neither Barr nor Jeff Sessions has said anything about this. Barr declined to comment for the New York Times story. 
Now, in a statement, Adam Schiff said, The politicization of the department and the attacks on the rule of law are among the most dangerous assault on our democracy carried out by the former president. Though we were informed by the department in May that this investigation is closed, I believe more answers are needed, which is why I believe the inspector general should investigate this and other cases that suggest the weaponization of law enforcement by a corrupt president, end quote. That's what Adam Schiff said about this matter. And as I said, he did recommend um, the inspector general investigate this. Well, a few minutes ago, we got some reporting that the inspector general of the Department of Justice will be looking into this matter. Uh, They will be investigating this independently and finding out more about the Trump administration's work on the Trump administration and the Department of Justice at the time, their work um, in terms of leak handling, investigations into journalists, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so the House, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that the development was harrowing uh, and said, quote, these actions appear to be yet another egregious assault on our democracy waged by the former president, she said. And uh, and then continue to say, I support the Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff's call for an investigation into this situation and other acts of the weaponization of law enforcement by the former president. Transparency is essential. So that's what we have so far on the story. It is a developing story. It needs to be updated. Uh, but that's what's happened so far. And it gives an insight into what the Trump administration you know, what was, what it was doing to handle the leaks during the Russia investigation and what else it, um, it had done in terms of journalists' records and stuff like that. We'll see what else comes out of it, but um, that's what we have on this story so far. And that's all we have for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it was great having you on, and I look forward to seeing you again on Tuesday. Now stay tuned for a special bonus episode that I'll be posting sometime uh, about the 10 Republicans who I have my eye on for the 2024 Republican primary. And in addition to that, another bonus episode of 10 Democrats who I have my eye on for a future Democratic primary. Stay tuned for that. Go ahead and follow our Instagram for show updates and breaking news updates. And... I'll see you all on Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining us. I'll see you then. Bye.